they used to call it community service ministry. Yeah. Um, that used to be one of my big things. And um, I, I think it always will be one mm-hmm. of my things that if I can and somehow figure out how to work for the community, yes. make the community stronger. You're tuned in to A Story Worth Living, the podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer E. Patterson. I'm an educator, a personal growth enthusiast, and a Jesus girl. And I'm so excited to be able to share stories with you, stories and experiences of everyday people that connect and inspire us to look deeper, to try harder, and to go farther. With that said, I'd like to welcome you to listen to this episode of A Story Worth Living. I feel like a lot of what I do is experimental, but I love that. Um, That kind of gives me life. It's something that, you know, know, that I'm kind of feeling deeply. And so I want to share it. And it's just exciting that there are other people who are interested in, you know, jumping on that bandwagon and just being a part of this huge encouragement you know, train. And so, um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Story worth living. Yes. My name is Marilyn Williams Geralds. And I want to say I'm a woman, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I'm going to stop it there, even though there's more. <laughs> I, yes. you know, um, I like to think that I've grown into being a good friend, learning how to be a, a really true friend. I'm a recently uh, published author. Congratulations. Trans- Thank, you. Thank you. And a recent transplant from Northern California to Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I am a retired, retired LVN. And I've chosen to continue my role as a full-time family caregiver. I think as much as I can be a stickler for detail, I can also kind of go off the rails and hang with something (laughs) different and, uh, you know, think outside of the box at times. Mm -hmm. I can be very serious, but I actually love to laugh. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of me in a nutshell. (laughs) <laughs> and all those all those components bring out something different. Of course, you know, on this particular season of the podcast, we are dealing with um, our journeys to purpose or calling. We can look at look at that kind of differently. Um, mm-hmm. And all of our journeys look different, right? Um. But one thing that I have noticed in conversations uh, as I look deeper at the concept of purpose and calling and discovering what that is and and finding our way towards that is typically people have something or some things that, you know, that's a deep passion. Um, And so I'm curious, is there do you have a deep passion about anything I think I have a deep passion about a lot of things, but they probably all kind of converge on in, in, in some way into the same thing. So I wanted to say that 
you know, I'm passionate about faith, family, friends, service, kindness, justice, and truth. Um, I also would find it difficult to live without music, books, gadgets, and <laughs> of course, skating. So that my skating, I don't know. I'm pretty passionate about that. I think if you if if I was to sum it all up, I would say probably service and kindness are my real passionate areas. Service and kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And has that, okay, so has the service and kindness passion, um, has it led you toward anything? Is it leading you toward um, anything that you feel like you are made to do or that you were built for? I would say that it probably always has. Mm. Um led me into different things. Even when you talk about kindness, I tend to think that I'm a pretty kind person, that I would rather be kind to someone than to be nasty to them. Right. Um, so it, it's just kind of me. I So I think it just kind of comes out in the things I've done, when I look back on my childhood, I'll just give you one for instance. I can remember um, we had neighbors, next door neighbors, there was a, a family of girls and the majority of them had this really thick, long hair. And one of them in particular, I would take her and do her hair on a regular basis. It was something I enjoyed doing, but it also, as an act of kindness, it was something that it was one less head of hair that her mom had to do. Wow. And so when I think about that and from that, of course, a, 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 there's a relationship that blossomed from that and and went on for years just from that one thing. So that's just one of the things that I think of in the kindness area. I was going to college to be a nurse. I had decided that that was going to be what I wanted. That was what I wanted to be. And um, I got about two years in and for reasons, for various reasons, I ended up dropping out of college. Mm -hmm. So then I joined the military and I had decided that I was going to do anything except be a medical in the medical field. Gotcha. Um, so then when I got tested, they said, well, your strengths are in uh, this area. So we really think you need to be a corpsman. <laughs> <laughs> And all I could do was kind of laugh because I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll fix tanks or I'll fix, you know, I'll learn how to do something like that. <laughs> I'll use my hands and do manual things. <laughs> and they said that. And I, I didn't even try to fight it because, you know, it made sense. So yeah. I ended up going through hospital course school and eventually operating room technician school and that kind of thing. And I'll tell you that, especially uh, working in the operating room, it was just like probably one of my favorite jobs ever. And I am made for nursing. 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, I mean, I actually love it. It was a job that I've always loved. No matter in what area I found myself, whether I was in a clinic setting, whether I was in a geriatric setting, pediatric, what, what, home health, um, I've always loved nursing. And even though I call myself retired now, mm. things will grab me and I'm looking things up and I'm, you know, as if I'm going to go and practice this. Right. <laughs> you know, that still calls me. And I've determined that it always will. It's just something that is in me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I love it. And of course, I have to use some of my nursing skills as a family caregiver, um, it's been very useful. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, truthfully, I, I definitely was made to be a nurse. You know, I think it's I think it's interesting to hear that, you know, something that you did um, during your career is also, you know, intersects with, you know, basically your personal life, your family life. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share a little bit about that? When my daughter, my youngest, our youngest daughter was about 10, she started having seizures and was diagnosed with epilepsy. And then later they said, well, it's not just epilepsy, it's Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. And that's basically a form of epilepsy that is characterized by a lot of different types of seizures. Mm. There's no real focal point, so they can't take we're going to go in and we're going to take this part out. This is where it's coming from. It's just kind of coming from wherever in the brain. It's coming from all over. Yeah. And the prognosis is, is, is usually that, you know, you get the mental deterioration. Uh, because of the continuous seizure activity, you may get uh, loss of speech and different things like that. And so that is what, in fact, happened with my daughter. But I think because of my nursing background, I've been able to help her be maybe better off than she would be had I not been able to kind of shut off the mother part at times. Wow. And just do the nursing part. Mm. And and that, that may sound kind of crazy, but it's kind of what you do when you're trying to make something, you're trying to take care of something. You don't, you, you can't take time at that time for your emotions, your, you can't take time for all of that to come bubbling up. You've got to deal with the issue at hand and you can deal with the emo- your emotions later. So I, I have the ability to do that. Yeah, that's powerful. That's yeah. really powerful. Um, that intersection, I think um, it doesn't necessarily like totally define, you know, your calling and your purpose, because I believe that that's something that continues to grow and expand and turn Mm -hmm. corners and that kind of thing. But I think it's so amazing uh, to for that to, you know, to be able to transfer over, you know, you're not doing that, you know, every day out in the marketplace, but it's still that's that spirit of service or that passion for service and kindness is still um, at work, you know, 
in a in a real way. And I think that that's that's really powerful. So let's talk a little bit about purpose then, um, purpose and calling. You know, sometimes sometimes it's real obvious. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's not. And then sometimes we go through those periods of rediscovery um, and and or it's kind of transforming. It's kind of um, <laughs> I'm thinking about like Transformers for real, how they <laughs> how they change into, you know, it looks one way and then for one mm-hmm. the purpose and then, you know, it, it, you know, clicks out into something else. So you know, I, I think it's absolutely fabulous. First of all, that you're retired like that. (laughs) I, I low key call myself retired from teaching. Like I was Mm -hmm. just like, you know what, this is, this is, you know, 21 years. We're good. You know, I'm moving on to different aspects. Yes. I still work, you know, work for myself, but I pretty much am able to create what I want to create at this point. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. not on anybody's schedule, you know, I don't, but what still drives me, education still drives me. Like that is still like my ultimate passion. I love to be a part of, you know, helping people move from here to here, helping them Mm -hmm. expand their horizons and those kinds of things. So it's really funny how the things that I thought about as a kid or as an adolescent, as a young adult, especially when I first started teaching, as I looked to the future, what I thought I would be doing versus what I'm doing now. And mm-hmm. I couldn't have planned it. You know, God is real funny. Like I couldn't have planned it any better. Like I, I am absolutely doing um, what I love, but it's still rooted in that passion. And so when you mentioned that service and kindness, you know, I'm, I'm following that thread now. I'm following mm-hmm. that thread from, from when you were young and you were doing that young lady's hair to, you know, what you discovered that you were really great at during your career, you know, in the military. And now it kind of transfers into kind of um, full-time, you know, home care and that kind of thing. But what I want to know, because women are so dynamic because they're so talented and so skilled. What do you see? What is, what is bubbling up inside of you these days? Where do you see yourself kind of, leaning in terms of purpose and calling now? You know, that is, that's a very good question. Um, and I think if you had asked me that 10 years ago, I have, I would have a definite answer for it. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, um, I'm not sure where I see that leading right now. I'm, yeah. I am definitely in this place, in this space in life where I'm going, okay, what now? Part of that is due to the move. Um, part of that is due to us now being retired. And part of it is probably due to me just being in a different headspace. So... You know, when we talk about where would you be, well, I thought, you know, I'm going to start doing my YouTube channel and I'm going to really get my uh, Facebook page together because I also found that I was really into this tech thing and I'm trying to learn uh, as much as I can about the the social media world. Yeah. 
So um, 2020 comes along and COVID came along and there's no in-person church. Well, that translated to, well, what are we going to do? Well, we've still, we still want to meet. How do we translate? How do we move that to online? And so because I had been dabbling with certain things, I was able to, um, and, and worked in, in um, the comedi- communications area in my, um, my local church at the time, mm-hmm. I was able to help navigate through the different uh, media platforms and come up with solutions for our church. Mm. Um, It may not have been what I would want to ultimately see it be, but I found that that was very, I was very passionate about that. Yeah. Um, And I found myself engaging again I want to say I don't want to say on a ministerial level but being very involved in in the the dynamics of getting a service together and things like that things that I had done in the past yeah and I found myself (laughs) up late (laughs) of course trying to learn how to do flyers (laughs) uh you know, um, I mean, trying to use certain uh, apps to do make flyers and how do you make it look relevant to this day and age, which is really a stretch for me because um, all of this is kind of, um, I don't want to say new, but it is kind of new for me. And um, I've, because I'm not going to school for formally for anything to do with computers. Mm. So, so much of what I know is self-taught. Self-taught. Um, yeah. And I've been, I found myself able to kind of grasp things um, and enjoying it. So, you know, I do get caught up. In, <laughs> I do get caught up in the idea of, oh. Maybe I could do a podcast. Ooh, maybe I could do, you know, uh, this thing or that thing because I enjoy it. And I used to always want it to be a DJ. Mm, really? <laughs> I did. I always wanted to be a G- DJ and play um, jazz. Because um, one, one of my nice. favorite forms of music, I love music. Yes. Um, so if I, if I fail to say that, music really drives me. <laughs> um, music is always in my head, always. And um, so, and I've always done something musically at some level um, from the, a child in school playing the flute on and to singing and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, um, I enjoy the, the techie stuff and I'm learning what I can and actually trying to make myself pull back don't buy anything, don't do anything else. Uh, but yeah, I, so I find myself drawn to online, the online presence yeah. and, and the idea of making, you know, not just podcasts, I think videos actually yeah. 
um, I really find myself drawn to the idea that even though I don't like being in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love being behind the camera. Yeah. Um, taking pictures, doing video, uh, you know, knobs and all that kind of thing. Um, but I'm not really that comfortable with being in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, but I actually love the idea of being able to make videos. Yeah. You know, I feel like what's so amazing as I'm listening to you is you said that um, you don't really know, but then you're sharing all of these, <laughs> you're sharing all of these great creator space type things. Um, and so I get it, you know, maybe it all hasn't gelled together, right? Like the, the definite or the, the specific um, target, but it's so, it's, it's really refreshing to hear you talking about all of these new things in, in this creator space that you are ex excited about. Um, and you're, you're teaching yourself and you're doing the research and you're, you're figuring it out. Um, that, to, that communicates direction to me. But the the power the power of it is it still seems to be rooted in that uh, that deep passion of service that you have, and so you know these are ways to um, put positive messaging out and to push forward just um, helpful you know content that people can use and that service, and I think that's that's so cool. I really do. Yeah, that's that's. I, I would say you're correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you're correct. I I am always thinking, oh, that would probably be helpful. Um, and yeah. so I, I, you know, um, having worked in, um, I think we call it, I don't, I'm not sure what it's called right now, but I, they used to call it community service ministry. Yeah. Um, that used to be one of my big things. And um, I, I think it always will be one mm -hmm. of my things that if I can and somehow figure out how to work for the community, yes. make the community stronger. That's a big deal that was, I want to say, passed down Um not just from my parents, but, but, but from grandparents and that kind of thing. So you're always looking to see um, what can I do, even if it's on a smaller scale, what can right. I do to make a difference? Because I think sometimes we look at purpose and we think of this grand thing that we have to be involved in. Right. And not realizing that you can be walking in your purpose and not even know it. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, cause I, I believe that long before I even understood the concept of purpose or your, as we used to say, your reason, what's your reason for being here? Yeah. Um, I was already doing things that was walking in that and none of were, were this big grand gesture, but I think if I, when I look back, and I do, and I look back down the line of different things, different people that I've helped uh, 
children that I've helped raise, uh, you know, trying to raise wow. my own children, that right. kind of thing. When I look <laughs> back on the list of that, um, and I remember that I used to really, really, really want to be a foster parent. Mm. Really, it was just like, oh, you know, I've got to do this. This, this, I'm made for this. Yes. But things just never quite worked out for, you know, no matter how close we got to the paper with the paperwork or anything, things never quite worked out. And then I found myself looking back and saying, but you've already been a foster parent without the title. Mm. You've done this, you've done that, you've you've helped raise this child, you you've this child has lived in your home, you know. And I looked back and I said, okay, but you've already done that. And so sometimes we look for titles and, wow. and, and, and big things. And we're already been walking in our purpose without even knowing it. And so that, that's just what I've come to understand that it's not always this huge thing. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to know that you're walking in it, you know? Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, there's a lot of rhetoric out today. There's a mm-hmm. lot of content that people are putting out, you know, and, I'm, you know, three steps. And I'm being a little facetious here. Three steps to discovering your purpose, you know, um, buy my course, you know, and I'll teach you how to to find your purpose. And, you know, um, of course, I haven't bought any of those courses or, or checked any of those out, but it's like this huge buzzword. So it, that, that's what makes what you said so important to remember. Um, made for this essentially is the, are those things that you naturally do <laughs> those things that you're naturally right. drawn toward, you know, it's not this contrived, I'm going to write off for this and they're going to send it to me in the mail. I'm going to open it up and, and have this whole discovery. So I love that, you know, for individuals who are listening, who maybe have been bombarded with the pressure of trying to let me find this out, you know, <laughs> let me find yes. the needle in the haystack. Yes. You know? And I've definitely been there. So yeah. I, I do get it. And I don't, and I'm not saying that there aren't things out there that that can't help you right. um, because there are definitely things out there that can help you focus and hone in. Yes. And at that, at, at particular times, those things are good. Sure. But I don't believe that anybody can tell you what your purpose is. Mm. Um, I, I just don't believe that for, you know, myself. And so, I mean, I think that and I, I can't speak for everyone because everybody doesn't have the same belief system. Right. But I personally believe that the spirit will guide me yes. into what my purpose is mm-hmm. and will re- reveal it when it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it was revealed, oh, well, you know, this, <laughs> this is what you've been doing and this is what you were made to do. Um, okay, Wow. You know, or this is what you've been preparing for. Yes. Um, go, going back to um, the idea of taking care of, 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 of my daughter. Yeah. Prior to her becoming ill, I worked for three years in a home, uh, home care setting for children with severe 
uh, disabilities, many of whom did not live past a year or so or that kind of thing. And it was it was intense. I can imagine. But it's on a different level when it's actually your family member. Sure. Even though I, it, as intense as it was, I was intent, <laughs> intensely in there. Uh, loving, holding, you know, it, to this day, I could still tell you the children that I've cared for, their names, what I remember about them and everything because they were my kids, you know. Wow. God has given me the ability to do that with children. And um, so here I was in a place that I didn't want to be because I don't, I didn't usually take care of children because I get too close to children. And I didn't think that I could separate Mm. and be the nurse without just too much pain watching children suffer. Sure. So I did not intend to ever end up really working in that type, in that type of setting or any real pediatric type setting. Mm -hmm. Um, So to end up in that setting where the children are just totally, pretty much totally dependent on you was something I would never have imagined. However, it was the closest thing that God could do to prepare me for my child becoming so ill. Yeah. And going from this totally functioning, healthy, outgoing person to all the deficits that are there now. Had I not had that experience those three years at those homes, I may not have been able to navigate um, not only the medical part, but I think as we discussed before, the educational component, Mm -hmm. IEPs and the things that, all the different stressors that go with trying to navigate the system yes yes a system that I was not a part of prior to and so even even in that you you see from for me I see that leading and that um support before I even knew I would need it wow so um yeah, so so once again, I I think that you don't always know, but things fall into place. Yes, if you take the time to look back for 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 understanding. Yes, not not to look back and feel bad. To look back for understanding, you can oftentimes see how. Um, things have been falling into place. You know, and the challenges, because, you know, walking, you know, in your calling, walking in purpose does not um, make challenges go away. It doesn't mean that, um, okay, so what's the movie with Dorothy and the, and the tornado? Um, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Um so she was shown the yellow brick road, right? This is, if you follow this road, um, you know, this will eventually lead you back home. So mm-hmm. that was her goal to get home. And, but along the way, 
I mean, it wasn't like she started off on the yellow brick road and that was it, right? It was just all, it was perfect. Like she had to deal with these challenges, I think in pictures. So <laughs> this, mm-hmm. is, this is how I process information. And so she has all of these challenges and has to figure out how to meet those challenges. But as she goes along, her experiences, you know, information from the past and, and her experiences are what actually fuel her and, the, and the, of course, the characters that she meets along the way actually fuel her ability to make it through, the, you know, to make it through that particular part of the journey and, and finally reach the end. And, and, you know, there's a lot of issues that have to be solved you know, before she eventually makes it back home. But that's kind of what I think about, you know, a lot of times um, we don't necessarily talk about all of those, I'll call them accessories, you know, those those pieces that are still a part of this big picture of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. walking and calling, um, you know, one thing prepared you for the next thing, but it doesn't stop you know, it doesn't stop your journey of calling. It just equips you further, you know, and it kind of expands your your outlook as you continue to move forward. And I don't know, that's just what I think of, you know, as I was listening um, to well, you. Well, I think also when you when you talk about that, though, there, that also on that journey, sometimes you actually get stalled, you know? You know, I... I don't know about you, but I grew up and um, my my parents didn't have the best cars. My father would buy cars at auctions, a lot of times at police auctions. Yeah. And um, so one of the cars I remember he bought, um, something was wrong with the carburetor or whatever. And so if you got to the light and you didn't hold your foot on the gas just right, it would stall. Wow. And you'd be sitting at the light and the car would go off. Well, in order to make it run again, you would have to jump out. You would have to jump out, pop the hood, mm-hmm. take the stick or whatever you had and put it down in there, jump back in, start it, go back, take that <laughs> out and throw the hood down and do all that before people were angry and honking their horns at you. <laughs> And this would happen sometimes almost at every light. So, of course, you never wanted to get stopped at the light. But what we learned was how to make that car start again. Mm. And and so I I have definitely been stalled along the way. Sure. You know, this has been, a, a, you know, life is, a, it, it, like you said, a journey. This journey is not smooth um it is you know from from blended family to uh I I mean there's so many things that I could throw in there when we go back you know my husband and I sit up sometimes and we talk about wow can you believe we're where we are now considering what happened back then and what happened here and what happened here I love that and when we look at the blessings and how far, not just us, but our, our girls have come and, you know, just, just the blessings. Yes. Um, I still remember when I, 
I didn't know how we were going to make it through this or this or this. And I think the problem is a lot of times we are expecting, like you said, the yellow brick road to just, you just go down it. And, and when you reach the end, it's good, what you need is right there. But when we go back to that story, Dorothy found that she was a lot stronger than she thought she was. Oh, come on. And she had to pull on that strength at times. And she had to speak out when she before was real timid and all that kind of stuff. I've kind of learned to do that. Yeah. Oh, um, now okay. I am trying to actually learn to be more quiet again. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've been speaking out a lot. Um, so I'm trying to draw, you know, pull it back just a little bit. Yeah, go back. You, were, you used to be a, little, a lot quieter. Um, <laughs> but truthfully, yeah, you have to learn how to dig down deep yes. to, to get past those roadblocks. Mm. You got to learn how to jump out that car and get it started. You know, you got to jumpstart yourself sometimes. You know that song, sometimes right. you have to encourage yourself. Oh, that song means a lot to me because I, sometimes I just have to do that. Yeah. Because I can just be having a terrible, horrible, horrible day. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of music out there. <laughs> And if necessary, yes. I'll just, if I can't get a hold of my phone or something to turn some music on, mm. I've got music in my head all of the time. Yeah. And I just start singing and I will sing and dance my way. Yes. Out of a funk as it was <laughs> or whatever it is. And even if the problem has not been solved yet, I'm I'm able to look at it in a different way because at least now I got my joy back, mm. you know, which I, I rely heavily on. Um, and I wanted, uh, that was one of the things I wanted to say that sure people keep looking for happiness, but happiness is fleeting. It's always, you know, it's always based upon your circumstances, but joy is a whole different level. Oh, Okay. So I try to keep my joy because that's going to keep me through everything. That's going to give me what I need to push forward and to jumpstart and, and to, and to start again. And that's, what's going to help me figure out, okay, what, where's this, where am I going now? Because since I don't know, because I'm, you know, I'm in this, in this stage of upheaval. Yeah. And I'm okay with this stage of upheaval. Whereas normally I might not be so okay with it, but I've learned to be okay with it because there's some things that I need to be doing while, you know, while all these thoughts are are, are swirling through my brain, there's other things that I need to be doing and putting into place and getting, you know, just organization. Yes. You know, things like that. And so I'm trying to, I'm learning to be okay with this little bit of upheaval because I can still see things working. 
And I know there's a, I know there's a plan. <laughs> I know there's a purpose. I know there's a reason for me being here. And once I learned that years ago, it changed my life. That really provides some great advice for someone who may be in that space. Like you just tied that up really nicely with a bow. <laughs> right. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Marilyn, thank you so much for um, choosing to be transparent and choosing to, sh- to share your story worth living uh, along the lines of made for this and to sh- for being willing to share parts of your journey, um, even as, as it is unfolding, um, it's going to definitely be an inspiration um, for those who listen. And it reminds me of a quote that says, an uninterpreted past determines your future, an interpreted past fuels your future. 